Jagbags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where a the cats are alive with delight. <laughs> standing room only is ready for our recaps. And we will give them to you. Tonight, we're going to talk uh, the NFL uh, conference championships, the week that was in the NBA, particularly with the Bulls and the Cavs. College hoops, uh, a busy week for the Illini, Northwestern, DePaul, and Loyola. Uh, I recommend, where Len and I will recommend a um, just whatever we feel like recommending to you. And uh, I'll, we'll also review a couple of albums from Rolling Stone's Top 500 Albums list of all time. So let's get right into the show. Um, and... You know, I would talk NFL, but uh, um, you know, Len, you look a little, look a little peaked, look a little shell shocked. I hope uh, everything okay. I came here straight from kind of a odd dinner. Okay. So you know how I usually go to Regencies every Monday for a five o'clock dinner. Yes, you brag about it all the time. I'm not brag. It's just a fact. I'm not trying to brag. He's my agent. We like to discuss things. Monday's Monday's a busy day. Yes. You're just stating it. Anyway. So since Jag Bags is the rage all over America, yes. we're starting to get celebrities noticing us, right? Very true. So you might not know this, but Regency is also Sean Penn's agent. What? Sean Penn. So Sean Penn has listened to the program. Really? He, he's a little mad about our Sean Penn podcast, but he oh, got over it. He got I, over it. I thought we were very complimentary. For the most part, he doesn't like what I said about Mystic River. Well, I mean, he's an artist. He's got to be able to uh, suffer the slings and arrows. He, he did, but in his, to his credit, he, he got over it. Good. He told Regency he enjoys the banter. Ooh. He has noticed that pretty much everyone has a podcast and he's like, I'm not sure about the other guy, but I think me and Len could do something nice. And his idea was, I didn't hear a Regency told me all this. This is, this is the weird part after, after I tell you this, he goes, I I like to do a podcast with Len called lit bags (laughs) since Len is a bookstore manager and he seems to know fine literature. Maybe we can talk about my books. Lit, you, you said lit bags? Yeah, like literature, lit bags. Oh, I thought you said lip bags. Like, oh, oh I, yeah, I was like, this is really gone. Just now, lit bags, I would have been like, no. Absurd. Uh, okay, lit bags. Got so it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I, I mean, I have so many spinoffs now. <laughs> but Sean Penn. That's a step I'm like, up. Okay, I'll, I'll have a meeting with him. So I go to Regencies tonight. We sit down to dinner. Not a word was spoken the whole time. Really? Me, Regency, and Sean Penn eating mashed potatoes and drinking glasses of water. Eating? And I'm just kind of sitting there looking at them both. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And 
Is uh, there any other half hour goes and I'm like, all right, guys, I got to go. Uh, got to record the podcast. And they were just eating mashed potatoes. And drinking water and silence. No steak or chicken or. No, no, no vegetables. No, and no dessert, just mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, water, silence. This must be kind of an LA diet thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's he's testing me. I mean, I'm I, I would call Regency now, but he's been asleep for at least four hours. Next. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm guessing it's a test. Yes. So that's why it looks like that. I'll snap out of it in time, though. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go now. But thanks, Beef. Thanks for letting me. I could, least attention. Good. I could see how the sight of seeing Sean Penn and a 92-year-old uh, entertainment um, titan such as Regency eating mashed potatoes and drinking water and not saying a word must have been jarring for you. Did you try the mashed potatoes? I, I did. I felt like that was a test, too. Yeah. Any good? They were, they were a little cold. <laughs> So they're eating cold mashed potatoes. But the bowl was the bowl was gigantic. <laughs> and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, but Sean finished off the bowl basically himself. I had a little bit. A Regency had maybe like a little square full. A square of mashed potatoes. He, he really watches his diet these days. Right. So Sean really got his starch um, uh, intake. Yeah, and he... I feel like I'm telling tales, but he used, he was basically using a, it was like a scoop. <laughs> That's the right word. Like a big scoop. Like an ice cream scooper. Kind of, but it was really big. I don't know. I, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give an update next week. That's just gross. Sean, if you're listening, Sean is a diamond listener. Uh, John, mashed potatoes, that's great. Just add some greens. You'll, you'll be happy. You know, vegetables, leafy carrots, uh, le leafy greens, carrots, beets are good. They accompany a bowl of mashed potatoes very well. You could probably use your scooper to eat those alongside the mashed potatoes. I know you don't care what I think. So, you know, good luck with lit bags. <laughs> if you guys can do a spinoff called mashed bags, where you talk about, you know, potato recipes. Maybe. Spud bags. Maybe. Hmm. Probably is best to move on, is it? Yeah. Uh, should we talk the week that was in uh, the NFL? Yes. Um, Let me ask you this. Yes. Bengals, do you hate them like you hate the Steelers and the Ravens? Yeah, they've been so lousy for so long that uh, it's it's tough to really hate them. I feel That's like, kind of what I, because Laura asked, she's like, does Beeve hate the Bengals? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Because what you just said, that's what I said. I said, they haven't been good in 30 years. It's a weird history because growing up, um, as a kid, we knew that Modell hated the Bengals. He, he hated the Bengals worse than the Steelers. 
Um, and the reason why is because the Bengals were founded by Paul Brown. And Paul Brown basically like stole the Browns color scheme and applied it to the Bengals. Um, I mean, especially those 70s uniforms when they, they didn't have the stripes, they just had the word Bengals on them. Yeah. And the colors were pretty much the Browns colors. Um, it is, so it's hilarious when the Browns would play the Bengals um, because they both the uniforms look, <laughs> look the same. But Modell always really wanted to beat the Bengals, really wanted to. And uh, and there were the, the only like moment where I like the Bengals are jagoffs. The only Bengal that I really like hated, hated was uh, Sam White, um, the coach. And he was most famous for uh, there was a uh, oh Bengals fans were throwing snowballs onto the field. And Sam White went and grabbed the PA microphone to yell at the crowd. He said, hey, you know, to our fans, quit throwing snowballs. You live in Cincinnati, not Cleveland. Wow. Yeah, place went crazy. And White became <laughs> numero, enemy, public enemy <laughs> number one. That was good. Good line. Um, but, uh, and the Bengals were really good in the 80s. And then, like, yeah, they came they were one play away from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that was a great game, that 49ers Bengals game. So, 49ers, man, I couldn't stand the 49ers back then. I was so mad when the Bengals lost that one. Right. Yeah, that was, that was close. That was a really close, good game. Um, so, you know, uh, so to answer your question, no, I don't feel the, uh, obviously, I'll be with, I, I feel like, most of America is rooting for the Bengals just because of the underdog story. Um, I feel like the Rams have a little bit of an underdog story because Stafford has been on a bad team forever. Stafford is definitely an underdog. Um, so I don't know who I'm going to root for. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I think I'll be rooting for the Bengals because if the Rams win and if like OBJ has an unbelievable game, I'm, you know, we're never just going to, just never going to hear the end of it. Mm, that's true. Uh, so, um, you know, that's not that, you know, really, it's not like OBJ was amazing. Although he was catching all these balls and I was like, God, you know, no drops whatsoever. You could, you couldn't, he dropped so many balls for the Browns. Did he? Now he's catching everything. I don't think, I think the cold weather disagreed with him. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe just Baker and him never, they never did sync up. They yeah. Never did figure out the chemistry. That's undeniable. Um, yeah. Well, as a Chiefs fan, I, I, before the playoffs started, but I knew they'd probably have to play. Well, I knew they're going to probably play the Bills if they beat the Steelers. I was probably like, you know, I'm fine if the Chiefs lose to the Bills or the Bengals or some team like that. I didn't want them to lose to the Steelers. Right. But then when they did lose, I was so mad because <laughs> <laughs> of the way they lost. They yeah. didn't get beat. They blew it themselves. Felt like they beat themselves. The minute they didn't get any points at the end of the first half, they played awful after that. Awful. And they were so nonchalant about that that uh, halftime, right before halftime. Yeah. Felt like they were so like, eh. 
I think I, I felt like uh, when they went up 21-3, I switched over to the Bulls game. I was like, yep. this, this is going to be a blowout. The Bengals are overmatched. And I think the Chiefs felt that way too. I do too. I think, well, because the Chiefs had played great up till the second half of that game. They, they killed the Steelers. They played at least offensively great against the Bills. And in the first half, up until the end when they didn't get that field goal, didn't score at all, Mahomes was his normal great self. And then the second half, he went back to midseason Mahomes, where he's missing guys, not making good decisions. And the shocking thing was all of a sudden, Kelsey and Hill were covered. I felt like the Bengals certainly they did something at halftime because I think Hill had zero catches. Like I don't think he caught a single pass in the second half. Yeah. And there was even that weird moment in the second half, like Hardman was complaining saying he was open. Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah. That's right. That was a, I was like, when that happened, I was like, what? I'm like, right. you guys are winning by a lot. Why are you complaining about not getting the ball? And this, Everything went wrong. And I was even, I was texting Brian and Anthony and I said, if the Chiefs go to overtime, they're going to lose. I said, I just don't, don't trust the defense to hold the Bengals. And it wasn't really the defense's fault because they got pretty good field position when they got that interception. And it was, that was it. They, um, bad way to go out. What did you think of the play calling when the Chiefs got close to the goal line? That was like Bears play calling. It was like <laughs> the yeah. last game of the year for the Bears when they kept doing those weird Andy Dalton rollouts and he kept getting sacked. That's what they did. Yeah. It's like guys getting the end zone. And it's what you were saying. I, they were being a little nonchalant, I think. Like they, I think they thought they had the game both times. They were because they were driving at the end of the game. They're like, "Oh, we'll get in. This game is still ours," even though it was twenty-four to twenty-one. They were losing. Right. They were like, "We're going to get in the end zone." Nope. Yeah. And then ugh. it was such a foregone conclusion. Like Roma was saying, "Dude, the Bengals let them score." Like you know, yeah. the whole Belichick thing. Like it would seem like they're going to score a touchdown. And uh, and the whole thing was, how much time do you leave Burrow? And uh, I remember thinking, like, Burrow, this is Burrow's, you know, this is going to be Burrow's either signature drive or his big learning, his key learning. Because I think everyone just thought it was a foregone conclusion. But then, my, yeah, I agree with you. The play calling was weird. But Mahomes, I felt like he held on to the ball. For no, he switched, in, he switched into bad Mahomes. The way he played, there's a stretch in the regular season where he played like that. He was not – he wasn't hitting guys in stride. He was making bad decisions. It's like he he snapped into bad Mahomes after that drive to end the first half. Yeah. So it was really – it was really frustrating to watch. And I thought I'd be okay because I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not spoiled. I got my Super Bowl championship for the Chiefs. But <laughs> the game, I was like, ah. Well, the the uh, the frustrating thing is that like the Chiefs, you felt like the Chiefs had beaten the Bills, like the Packers were out, the Buccaneers were out, 
the three teams left, Bengals, San Francisco, and um, uh, LA, were all th- th- all three teams the Chiefs could and should beat. So it looked like the Super Bowl, the road to the Super Bowl was pretty clear. Yeah. Well, one team. thing about the Rams, though, the Rams have tons of talent. I feel like the Rams kind of underachieved a little bit. Mm-hmm. They might have been the most talented team in the NFC. They didn't show so it in the regular season. So many big games. Yeah, yeah. You got Aaron Donald, Don Miller, Cup might be might have been the best player in the league this year. Beckham, mm-hmm. their tight ends really good. The only thing they're kind of missing is the running back. Although their their running back played better against the 49ers because the Tampa Bay game, their their runner, he took like 10 minutes to get into the hole. He wasn't like LeVon Bell where he was waiting to find a hole. He was just, I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? And I guess he's, I didn't realize he was recovering from an injury, but yesterday he looked, he looked much better. Michelle, Sony, Sony, Michelle. No, no. uh, Acres. Acres. Yeah. Acres looked better. Michelle had some nice plays too. Yeah. So they, they're, uh, they're in pretty good shape for a Super Bowl. And, And they have Ramsey. I didn't even mention Ramsey. Possibly the best defensive back in the league. Do you see Ramsey getting tough with Robbie Gould at the end? <laughs> of the <third> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was laughing. Ramsey flexing on Robbie Gould. I was laughing at. They were like, "Well, Robbie Gould just gets his kicks, and he doesn't care who's there." They said, "One game against Dallas, he was kicking over the cheerleaders' heads because he's like, I got to get my kicks in.'" Right. And he, he, he's like, no matter what, I'm getting my, I don't care who's in front of me, I'm practicing. Right, right. Maybe, I mean, that's might be what makes him so good. Hey, I mean, he's, he's been buff. great in the playoffs. He's been great his entire career. Yeah. Um, but that game, I was also like, ah, I don't probably don't care who wins. But the 49ers, they were cheap shot. And, and uh, I, switched, I switched to the Rams. And like I said, I, It'd be nice to see Stafford win after the career he's had because he's obviously a really talented quarterback, but he never had anyone when he was on the Lions. Yeah, possibly the worst organization in football. Right. Um, and I I don't like Shanahan, and I think he's smarmy and know it all, and he's just a jag. Um, and their fans, do you see how many 49ers fans there were in? The, yeah, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Apparently they travel like really well. They, um, they were, uh, they were, I forget who the 49ers, oh, they were all in Green Bay. There were a ton of 49ers fans in Green Bay and then in Dallas. Yeah. So, the thing with the. Well, obviously the 49ers travel really well. They need a better quarterback. And the Kittles didn't play. Kittles is not the game changer like he was. I don't know if it's because of his injuries, but he didn't he didn't do much. No, but Garoppolo also did not. That's what I'm saying. If they they might be looking for uh, a big time quarterback for next year because they, they got a really good defense. Yeah, they had said that. They, they what's the, what's their really good guy's name? Bebo, Boza. No, oh, he, he's on, on defense, but on offense, the guy who who's a wide receiver runs like a running back. 
Oh, Samuel. Yeah, he's really good. So they they got a lot of pieces in place too. Yeah. But I was I was happy for the Rams. Um, It'll be an, really a no stress Super Bowl because either team, either way, Stafford wins. It's good for him. Bengals win. First Super Bowl win ever for Cincinnati. So, right, and it's um, it's pretty uh, historic. Um, I mean, it's pretty historic either way. Anything else on the NFL? Now let's move on to the NBA. Bulls had a up and down week. So did the Cavs. Uh, you know, uh, there was, let's talk about the Bulls first. I read a really interesting article in the Trib yesterday by Julia Poe, whose stuff I don't... It's always KC Johnson for the Trib. So this Julia Poe, I didn't recognize it, but she had a really good article about Ball and Caruso and what they really mean to the team and how Ayo has really had to step up and do a lot of the things both offensively and defensively that Ball and Caruso were doing. And so it's like with one out when, when it was just, well, first it was Caruso who was out and then it was Ball. And then Ball was out when Caruso was coming back and then Caruso broke his wrist. Now they're both out. And Io was really like a bench guy, you know, energy guy, um, you know, come out, hit his threes, you know, make good passes. Now he's got to do a lot more. And particularly, which is fine, but they said this defensively where Ball and Caruso are missed the most and how it's up to Io and White to really fill their shoes and really Thomas, because Thomas has got to come in and fill in for those two, you know, when they have to come out, they got to come out at some point. Um, it's a really interesting article, particularly defensively and uh, just how, you know, I use really got to take a crash course in NBA defense, um, you know, with the bulls in the thick of the Eastern conference race. And uh, I think I, I think I has been up and down, but for the most part, that guy is going to finish top ten, possibly top five. I, I think he's been really good. I think he's he's had a couple bad games, only a couple though. He's a rookie. Most games he's played pretty well. I think defensively, we, what the Bulls missed the most is the passing lane disruptions. That Lonzo and Caruso did. That's what they're missing. I think Io and is a pretty good straight up defender, but he doesn't have the hands that those two guys have. And I think Kobe White and Levine have both played better defense this year. But again, none of those guys are thieves. None of those guys steal the ball. None of those guys really block shots. Lonzo blocked shots too. Not only was he, I mean, Lonzo's really good in defense, and Caruso is incredible how many steals he was getting and everything. So that's the difference. Like Kobe White's taking charges. Mm-hmm. Levine, Levine moves his feet so much better this year. Yeah, they, they really committed. They always talk about the Olympics. Like maybe one of the guys he played with in the Olympics told, no, do this when you're 
playing right. straight on defense because because Levine's had some pretty good stops on guys, right? But they're not getting they're not getting the turnovers now. They're not getting the steals. They're not they're not getting those deflections, and that's what's hurting them. They still and, have pretty good week. And honestly, DeRozan has not played good defense this year. No, he's been so great on offense. You you kind of forget, but. He's supposed to be a good defender, and I have not—I have not seen it this year. I haven't seen him really be a force at all defensively. And it's not like he's the only one who scores. He's got Levine. He's got Vukovic. He—he—he's not like he's trying to score fifty points a game. So I'd like to see him play better defense. Right. And uh, Green having Green back helps. Green's a good defender. He was out for a while. And and we have to get Jones back too. Jones is a good defender. Yeah, but we're missing. We're missing. He's he's a guy who can block a shot too, and is quick quick to the ball. And there, I think somebody's. I don't know where I read it, but it's the Bulls now are in outscore mode. They really are. That's what they're trying to do. Just score. And they they the game against San Antonio that they lost. They shot the ball great, and they lost. They scored 122 points. You should win the game. <laughs> this could not stop San Antonio. I didn't watch it, but I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, wow, you guys didn't play any defense because you should have won that game the way you shot the ball. I watched that. I did watch the game. And basically, and it's a concern, and hopefully they figured it out. I, I didn't watch the Portland game because I was watching NFL. It was San Antonio. They would – they basically did a pick and roll. So whoever Vucevic was guarding, this guy Murray for the Spurs, who's really good. This DeJunte Murray is, I watched him play the Cavs. This guy's great. He might make the all-star team. But Murray was really clever. They, they pick and roll and just kind of watch Vucevic kind of go, where am I going? And yeah. wherever Vuce, wherever Vuce went, they were able to counter and they, they just kept doing it and they never yeah. did figure it out. And you're wondering if other teams around the league uh, watched that and said, Hey, we can attack Vucevic in the pick and roll. Um, Cause they did that all game. They did, they did that for the entire second half. That was, that was their whole offense. <laughs> the second half was. But the that might half. just be a Popovich figured it out. Uh, yeah. Portland game. They won pretty easily. Yeah, it helped. I mean, Lillard's out, and Lillard's always been the toughest guy for Portland. You need a stud point guard to and, uh, make that work. You know, they they controlled that game pretty well. I guess they had a bad first quarter, but after that, they they were on top of it. And again, they're still playing teams that aren't that good this week. So hopefully, they win most of the games and and keep getting that cushion. I was surprised to see the Cavs lost to the Pistons. That's a bad loss because the Pistons are not good. They totally fell apart in the that game was they were they had it in hand, and then the fourth quarter came and they just they reverted back to the 2020-2021 Cavs, just offensively and defense defensively. They just they gave uh they gave up 115 points, which I think is more than they've given up. Um, you know, I, I can't remember the last time they've 
They, they have one of the best defenses in the league, but they absolutely fell apart. And then Garland was out tonight against New Orleans, and I was like, oh, they're going to lose that game. And so Garland was out. Mobley scored four points. It was one for seven, and they still won. They still won? Oh, that's good. They won because they – well, because their defense was uh, – you know, they, they held New Orleans to 90 points. So – you know, um, I think uh, it's it's hard to know. Like the Cavs have won eight out of ten; they beat the hell out of the Bucks, which everyone was like getting very excited about. <clears throat> but I don't think the Bucks are playing all that well right now. No, the Bucks I think lost to somebody else by a lot yesterday too. Denver. Yeah, so they're they're kind of slumping a little bit. So it's it's not everyone's like what a great win and I'm like eh, I think they caught the bucks at the right time. Um so it's hard to know like is it good that you're not playing all that great and you're still winning? Um I think in the regular season it's fine cuz you just want to get the wins. Yeah. Especially if you're the Cavs cuz they've never they're trying to get back to the playoffs. When's the last time they were in the playoffs? Uh, LeBron's last year. They, yeah, made, so. they made it to the finals. Um, so you know, Take the win anyway. The, the, the Bulls had a stretch like that this year where they won a ton of games in a row. It didn't look fantastic, but. Found a way. It's a mark yeah, of a I mean, good team. You just figure get the wins, and even if they're ugly, and peak for the playoffs. That's what you're hoping for. Yeah, when they lost to Detroit, I guess Bickerstaff was like, well, we just spent the last three days reading, you know, watching Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins and Skip Bayless talk about how the Cavs are the new force in the East and uh, said it went to their heads and they went out and laid an egg. So uh, hopefully Garland, the, the big the big scuttle in Cleveland is, you know, Garland, his back is – bothering him it's been bothering him like he couldn't play tonight and with rubio out rondo is i don't know that he's the answer so they're talking about you know should they make a trade and if so trade who and for who um so my own thought is that defense is pretty solid and so if you can get a scorer, great, but I don't think they should give up the farm to get them. Um, that's my no. own. That's my Especially own. when you have such a young team. Exactly. Exactly. Build these guys, keep them going. Yeah, I mean, you figure keep these guys together for a couple of years and then maybe you're a contender. Yeah. I mean, getting in the playoffs this year is great just for experience alone. It's crazy. You look at the Eastern Conference – like one through six, like the Nets are in sixth place in the East. They're two games out. Yeah. It's the Bulls, the Heat, the Sixers who are on fire, Cavs, the Bucks, and then Brooklyn. That's why these games are so important for Bulls. So you can't give away any of these games. They yeah. play Orlando again tomorrow. Yeah, it's a game they Orlando have. embarrassed them. So I hope they're motivated to beat them. Right. And the other thing, too, is that I feel like uh, the Hawks have figured some things out because they're hot. 
Um, so they could be charging up the standings before you know it. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Mm-hmm. Basically yeah. the same team. So I, I fear them. And uh, and Charlotte was playing really well. Now they've kind of dropped a little, but not by much. Like, they're right there. So Yeah, I keep expecting their record to be worse than it is. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, Charlotte lost. They got to be close to 500. Nope, the record's still pretty good. Yeah, the, that, that ball, the Lamello ball, the other ball, is he's the real deal. Yeah. I know we don't talk Western Conference too much, but do you see the Mavericks, ever since you singled them out, have risen to the occasion? Yes. Inspired by Jag Bags. Yes. They're like 10 games over 500, aren't they? Yeah, and Cuban has been like, thank you, Beave and Lamb. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said it was a tough game for the Bulls, and you dismissed that. I know. Sydney Smith roasted you on social media. I made some uh, I made some problematic Dorian Finney Smith comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's, he's like, here. look at us now, B. See you think, in the finals. I think he made a transcript, printed it out, and puts it in his sneakers of my most uh, <laughs> stinging comments. Yeah, Dorian, I apologize <laughs> for my uh, for my uh, you know uh, problematic comments. Anything else? If you want to move on to college hoops, um, yeah, let's no, let's move on. So college hoops, I feel like it's a lot of the same. Yeah, Illinois, I think they're not as good as last year. They're good enough to get in a tournament. They're good enough to maybe win a game or two, but they're not as they're not as good as last year. Last year they kind of blew it against Loyola, but they had IO. This year, unless Curbelo comes back, because Curbelo first year was out with a concussion for a long time. Now he's out with COVID protocols. If he can come back in time to get in sync with the team and make an impact, maybe they're, they'll be better than I expect. Because right now it's basically throw the ball into Coburn. I mean, Trent Frazier's good. Mm-hmm but I don't think they have enough to get back some of these really good college teams in the tournament. Right. I mean, I guess they were talking about Curbelo as a preseason All-American, but he hasn't even really played this year. I like Curbelo. I don't know if he's going to snap back to it where he'd make that much of an impact because it's February. I mean, he's got, what, a month to get into sync with his teammates. That's kind of hard to do. Yeah, we'll see. He really is the key to it. And, and Northwestern did the same old thing at Illinois. Yeah. Competitive and lose. Yeah. Michigan, they lost by Michigan to two. Right. And it's just so frustrating watching them. It's tough. But on the Michigan care. game, I'm like, why am I watching this? I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, they're in it and something's going to happen. And, and they're going to lose. It's like they get to there and then they're like, okay, we, now we're going to find a way to blow it. And they do. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like they turn it over or anything. It's not like that. It's like the other team just makes a good play. But yeah. they always always lose. And they have the talent. They just can never do it. At the yeah, imagine if they were like the other way around, if they were like nine and two in those games. 
Yeah, I mean they'd be they'd be in the thick of it. Twenty five, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Paul's been competitive even without their best player, but they lose all the time every game too. Right. Because their their best guy, who's I think he's Marcus Liberty's son, is he's out with like a groin injury. He's missed like the last four games. And he's he's their best guy. And Loyola lost again. I watched that game. So now they might have to win the conference tournament to get the tournament. I don't know. I, I thought I watched that Drake game and I thought Drake just was better. They're just better. Than okay, so their streak might be over this year. Yeah, it could be. Which would be a shame. I know. I think they're too small. And Norris, uh, this is the second game I've watched where Norris is a great first half, second half disappears. And Williamson's had two bad shooting games. Yeah. He doesn't have anyone to really take the pressure off of him. So, mm. um, but I feel like Williamson needs to just attack the basket more, get fouled, hit some free throws. And, you know, if they respect your driving ability, then it's easier to do that, you know, pull up and shoot. Yeah. Um, and then that opens up everything for your three ball. But he kind of like dances around the three point line, takes these terrible shots. Of course, you're going to have a low shooting percentage. Yeah, I faxed him him all of this complete (laughs) breakdown. Uh, and I hope they turn it around. I like to think Illinois will get in, so it'd be nice to have a second local team in there. There's time for Loyola to figure it out. Yeah, all right. What about I recommend? What's yours for the week? All right, I there's a lot of things that I could recommend. I, <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. Big recommend week in Beaveland. It is. But I'm going to go with a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm going off the old movie. Uh, I like to watch old movies. And uh, I, I enjoy the Amazon algorithm because they're like, you watch one old movie and then they push a bunch more to you. And you go, mm-hmm. and I like just go through. It's all free. You know, it's, and uh, and I'm like, nah, nah. And I'm like, oh, The Eagle Has Landed, starring Robert Duvall as a one-eyed Nazi. <laughs> uh, in a plot. Your dream role. Right? The you want the factory theater to do The Eagle Has Landed. The Eagle Has Landed. Duvall is a one-eyed Nazi <laughs> who... Uh, <laughs> With, with the worst German accent of all time. I'm like, what is that German accent you are doing, Robert Duvall? Um, so Hitler wants to, the plot is that Hitler wants to kidnap Winston Churchill. Uh, and so he says, make this happen. And so Himmler, uh, played by Donald Pleasance, uh, recruits uh, Duval, <laughs> who has an eye patch. Duval has an eye patch, and uh, the, the, this horrific German accent. He goes, "Assemble your, <laughs> assemble your team, make this happen." Uh, Churchill will be in this part of England, in the English countryside. So Duval goes and finds Michael Caine, who is uh, a disgraced Nazi. Um, 
What a cast. Kane, Kane is not even trying to do a, Brit, a German accent. <laughs> He's just going to do a British accent. Yes, I'm a Nazi and I'm a Brit Nazi. <laughs> oh. And so <laughs> Kane is like the ringleader. He's like the He's, he's the man on the ground. Duval is answering to Himmler. He's, a, he's answering to Donald Pleasance and other Nazi commanders. He's not even in England. Kane is assembling his crack team of commandos. And, uh, and his man on the ground to get him in to uh, the English countryside and embed them uh, is Donald Sutherland, who plays, a IRA, wow. yeah, who plays an IRA nationalist. And Donald Sutherland tries to do an Irish accent, and that <laughs> Irish accent is worse than Duval's German accent. Oh, every time Donald Sutherland opens his mouth, oh, hello, Katie. I'm like, stop it. But <laughs> you're like, recommending this. Oh, it's it's super entertaining. So because it, it moves along, it's 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 action-packed. They land in England. Um they embed themselves. Michael Caine is walking around like, these are Polish troops. Nothing to see here. We're just doing some exercises here as we wait for Churchill to come through. Meanwhile, the American regiment is nearby and uh, the quick-witted Lieutenant Clark, played by Treat Williams. Uh, what year was this movie? Uh, like mid-70s. Wow. Uh, so Treat Williams is like, what's going on? These guys look suspicious. I'm going to tell my commander. He goes back and tells his bumbling commander, played by Larry Hagman. Yeah. Hagman is fantastic in this. Wow. Movie. Yeah. Hagman, 76, 1976. Yeah. Hagman is a bumbling moron. <laughs> and he's great. Hagman, Hagman gives the most entertaining performance of the whole movie. Well, Michael Caine is great. You know what you're going to get from him. And Treat Williams is very good. Young Treat Williams gave good performances. Uh, and also uh, in the regiment, fire just basically there to say like, I got him, Commander, and then fire a big bazooka and blow up shit is uh, Jeff Conway. <laughs> Jeff, Con <laughs> Jeff Conway runs around with a bazooka and just blows up buildings. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I was extremely... Incredible. I was extremely... What a find. Yeah, the eagle has landed. Uh, see it. I recommend it. What else were you considering? Now I'm curious. Sounds like you had lots of choices. Uh, what, what were other possible ones? Uh, I looked at Thunder Road. You ever see Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum? Mm -mm. And that was very good. Thunder Road was that's like an American. That's kind of like an American classic. Um, Mitchum and his son. Uh, James Mitchum, who plays his little brother, terrible actor, and uh, and that role was supposed to go to Elvis, and uh, Elvis couldn't do it for whatever reason, so they gave it to James Mitchum. Um, yeah, Mitchell Ryan, and the G man after them is Gene Barry. Um, so good cast, interesting kind of rebel politics. Um, it was good. Now I'm watching uh, a movie that I, an old movie that I hadn't seen. I saw it a long time ago, but I haven't seen it. I want to see it again and see if I like it. And that's The Cincinnati Kid. You ever see The Cincinnati Kid? That's Paul Newman, right? Or is that Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah. yeah. Steve McQueen, Carl Malden, Anne Margaret, Edward G. Anne Margaret looking great. 
uh, Carl Malden, Edward G. Robinson, Tuesday Weld. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just go on Amazon Prime and just they push movies to you. And I just look at them and uh, I always I like the ones I, I, I recommend the ones where I'm just like, you know, they, they go to see uh, some. They, the, the scene takes you and it's like some obscure 70s star and you're just like, yes. <laughs> like, well, Beef has watched Grease in the complete taxi. So we're going to show him Eagle has landed <laughs> for more Conway. And I've seen I Dream of Jeannie in Dallas. <laughs> Hagman Conway. Here you go, Beef. Why was Hagman Enjoy. not why was Hagman not nominated for an Oscar? Uh <laughs> 70s the 70s delicious what's your i recommend my i recommend goes along with the podcast that will be coming out a few days after this one and we discussed john mellencamp yes and it's a book i finished reading about him called mellencamp by paul reese paul reese and a couple things that i didn't even mention in our podcast because we're so much to say about him, about Mellencamp right. is, I didn't even tell the story about early on with his band, his band like he, he jumped on a motorcycle, he's in front of his band, driving like a maniac, crashes into a dog. <laughs> his band thought he was dead. He just walked away from it, just limping a little bit. I'm like, what? I, I think it was maybe it was his drummer who was telling the story. He's like, we all thought he was dead, and he just walked out of it, just limped, <laughs> <laughs> and just it's so such a good good biography because he he doesn't say Mellencamp is the greatest. Oh, he, interesting. Yeah. He you know he knows he has a tough personality. And he, he brings it up constantly, so you're not thinking this is just a guy who worships Mellencamp. But he also acknowledges how talented he is and how many great songs he has. Right. Uh, goes into his personal life, his marriages and everything, and none of it feels gaspy. It just, it just feels just really well, really well done. And anybody who's a Mellencamp fan, I think, will really enjoy it. I'll have to get it because I enjoy Mellencamp. Eileen really enjoys Mellencamp. She's a fan. You, yeah, you guys should both read it. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll get it for her when she's back. Um, she's on vacation right now, taking a yep. vacation with her girlfriend in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just uh, me alone. <laughs> Eileen is spreading the word of Jag Bags in Arizona, right? Exactly. Well, we put her on Rick Recon and, and marketing advance. She's our marketing advance team. Well, Kim's Kim's there wearing a Jag Bag shirt, so we at least have one yeah. person wearing one. <laughs> right. right. In Arizona. That will be good. Yeah. Our, our fame spreads far and wide. Yeah. So now we can... Continue your quest to finish the Rolling Stone top five hundred. Oh man! Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two deep dives. I didn't get to All the right. four. 
like I normally do. Um, back to the immersions. Yeah, back to just total immersion. So I'll go very quickly. Album number 392, Ike and Tina Turner. And this is a compilation. This is the best of Ike and Tina. It's called Proud Mary, uh, the best of Ike and Tina. And uh, it's excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, it's that band was as that band may possibly be. If you look up old Ike and Tina, like on the Ed Sullivan show or Merv Griffin or any of those talk shows, I mean, that band is cooking. Um, and, uh, you know, say what you want about Ike Turner as a person, but that band was. Um, and so this compilation, it's just got all the hits, um, you know, Nutbush, Nutbush City Limits, uh, I Idolize You, Proud Mary, River Deep, Mountain High, just all the, but even the lesser ones, it's just that um, that band is so well rehearsed and they've got a whole you know, review with backup singers and, um, and Tina Turner and her voice is just perfect. And uh, so um i i think that you know i think i can tina you know definitely deserve their place in musical history i think it belongs they never put out like a really like you know classic album i mean they were definitely like a singles kind of act yeah so i feel like a compilation it makes sense for them to be in the top 500 yeah i, I really like that album. so i feel it's properly ranked as well so music's too good. Yeah. So then album 391 is, the album is called Kaleidoscope. And the artist is Kalise. It was released in 1999. I actually looked up the pronunciation. <laughs> we are learning here at Jack. Well, I, I looked it up through <laughs> Alexa. I said, Alexa, play the album Kaleidoscope by Kel Kel Kellis. <laughs> and uh, it said Kaleidoscope by Kellis. Like, Excellent. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for saving us, Alexa. Yes. So uh, yeah, this album is, I mean, it's instantly recognizable. It's uh Farrell, Farrell Williams and uh, Chad Hugo, the, the, the Neptunes, mm -hmm. and so it's like an instantly recognizable kind of beat. Uh, it's funny because uh, Declan, our peerless sound engineer and producer, um, I was playing it, and uh, he walks in the room and he goes, "This Farrell? Who's this? This Farrell?" And I was like, <laughs> "How'd you?" I was like, "Who are you, <laughs> Mister Music?" And he goes, well, that's just, that's the signature thing. You're grounded for impertinence. Out. He's like, Jag. That's a Jag. He left. And uh, anyway, uh, I thought this album was sprightly. Uh, I thought that was uh, basically it kind of like from start to finish all kind of sounds the same, but I never minded it. It was just kind of the same cool beat. She's got a great voice. It's pretty solid from start to finish. Um, and uh, 
you know, I think that the, the, the single that people know is caught out there is the uh, recognizable single. Um, I don't know that it is better than, you know, say Diana Ross's. It's definitely not better than like say Black Messiah by D'Angelo, no way. Um, so I would say it's, I would, I would put it in the 400s, but I would definitely say this is a great album. I'll listen to it again. I'd never heard it before. So I'll, I'll be coming back to it. I definitely say this is a top 500 album of all time. It's excellent. Great right. uh, music to start and get the party started. Maybe a pre-party. Maybe we invite Bob, the chairman of the UNO, Uno <laughs> card game over with some of his friends, uh, compare necklaces, and... Uh, <laughs> That sounds great. Exchange supplies, throw on a little. We invite him to liquor box though. And then I'm going to go to Olaf and be like, look, I'm bringing Bob from the Uno Corporation and his crew. Say no more. Make sure Nagy's in top form tonight. Okay? <laughs> uh, sounds like I a want, night to remember. And I want the Khalees. I am in. I want the Khalees at top volume. Can you do me a favor, though? Ask Olaf if he has the mashed potatoes and water. Oh, you want Sean Penn to come? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I, I, I'm having, uh, I, I think I'm going to have a taste for them. <laughs> we'll see if we can add it to the menu. Yeah, mashed potatoes and water. Why is this my responsibility? I mean, you're doing these podcasts behind my back, uh, <laughs> you know, making plans, disparaging me. Now I'm to do your bidding. Uh, with Olaf and get mashed potatoes. Can we at least do the 38 special podcast that you keep promising me? We'll talk Olaf and then after you, that we'll talk 38 specials. So many promises. So many promises. <laughs> Diamond listeners. We'll talk about it off the podcast. How about that? Diamond listeners, I appeal to you. I'm taking my case now to the court of public opinion. <laughs> this would be much better with some mashed potatoes. <laughs> Len is really enjoying his water, although he looks a little parched. Maybe it's some, a bowl of mashed potatoes. It does wonders for Sean Penn. Some uh, sustenance would be perfect with this water. I think some starches. Need, I think you need some carbs and starches. Yeah. Well, on that note, maybe it's time to wind up the recap We'll call this the starch recap. <laughs> we'll call this the spuds and silence podcast. Um, I'm feeling healthier. Weird. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should have eaten more mashed potatoes when you're. Maybe Sean is uh, on something. Maybe. Hmm. Let's talk to Regency tomorrow morning. Did I gain more muscle? Could be. Hmm. Put in a good word for me when you talk to Regency tomorrow. Uh, ask him if he's read my... What, uh, uh, oh, okay. I, my script ideas. I pitched him a uh, script for uh, a reality TV show with uh, Naked Alex. I think this is a winner. Um, and uh, so anyway, I've sent that to him. Stop asking Priscilla to collate your scripts, too. Look, 
you know, Priscilla and I, I found out that Priscilla is a fan of Enya. And uh, so uh, I've just, just been leaving little Enya uh, merch uh, around the Enya earrings, um, Enya bracelets. Uh, I think it's very thoughtful of me. And it's not thoughtful. <laughs> Those go straight in the trash. You know, we're going to end on this jealous note. <laughs> uh, and thank you, the wonderful Jagbags listeners, for tuning in to this recap episode. Please, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us. Please write a review on uh, the various platforms that you subscribe to, uh, whether it's uh, Apple or the rogue uh, platform that is now under fire for its politics. Uh, please write us a review. Please subscribe to us. Make it hashtag Jagbags. Do uh, we have t-shirts in stock? Buy a t-shirt, twenty bucks. Be Valentine's Day. Valentine. What better way to say I love you? Get your main squeeze. Something that will get you extra squeezes. Right on Valentine's Day. Don't you want love? Don't you if want? You, love? you want love? Who doesn't want love? If you want love, get a Jagbags T-shirt. Get two matching. Two. One for yourself. We don't judge the polyamorous. And get one three. For the, <laughs> three. Oh, love is love. We're open to anything. Yes, we are. Uh, please don't tell Eileen. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, please, uh, we're on Twitter, we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Please follow us there for exciting updates on future podcast expertise. Constant expertise, and it's a great way to suggest a show topic. Maybe you too can be either a diamond listener or even more coveted, a Jagbags guest. Um, send us your show ideas if we like them, we'll air them and send you a t-shirt so that's all thanks again for listening when you're ready to listen put a little jag bags in your ear <laughs>